people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy. It's a Fanboy Planet podcast special edition. And here he is, your roving reporter, Derek McCaw. I'm, I'm really just fine with being editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And yes, this week... You aren't roving? Not, not at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm spinning in the chair. I like oh, that. Oh, okay. Uh, this is, uh, this is a special uh, edition of the podcast. Coming out a little early because we, we got the chance this week to sit down with Hopton Hussey. And Mike Robeck uh, from CineQuest. Uh, this is the 23rd uh, CineQuest Film Festival in San Jose. It's coming up a local event to us, uh, but really it's an international event. We're very excited and very geek-oriented because, they're well, let them tell you. But we're so excited to be here from the office of CineQuest, and we're sure. going to record our regular on Thursday. Nate will be back. Everything will be fine. But for now... Listen to this special one, which doesn't count against our 300th episode coming up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've got we can't we can't throw off the count. So uh, this is 297A. A? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, I <laughs> think so. <laughs> All right, so listen up, fanboys, and enjoy. And of course, as always, you can check us out on iTunes. And if you have indeed heard us on iTunes, please rate us, tell your friends, subscribe, check us out on the Stitcher app, or find us at www.fanboyplanet.com/podcast.php, and check out PayPal. Thanks. Bye. Hi, uh, we are here at the CineQuest offices, and I'm with the founder of CineQuest, Hapdan Hussey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, and director of programming, Mike Rebell. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. One of my favorite people, because you have made this year's CineQuest very, very geek-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, first off, we're this little festival that could, from I can remember back in college when it was starting, what year is this, Twenty. 23. This is 23. 23 years. But it feels like three. It's amazing. We're so excited about it. Yeah, and uh, okay, and it has grown from being just a, a few things. You, you're going to be, uh, we're going to be here in San Jose opening February 26th. Give me the 26th, running two weeks. And uh, the big in, here in San Jose. So if you're not if you're not one of our local listeners, if you're one of the Swedish listeners, come. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. Although actually, I think you've got some kind of global outreach with this as well, right? Right. We've grown from a festival that was really focused on discovery, a four day event year one where three thousand people showed up. This year we'll have a hundred thousand people, two hundred eighty nine wow. screenings and events. 86 United States and world premieres, the premier technologies that empower filmmaking and audiences. So it's a major celebration at CineQuest. People all across the globe, 50 different countries coming in. Really, really a thrilling opportunity to connect with people around a common love of films and innovations and and human beings. So let's talk a little bit about that. You just mentioned technological uh, innovations are coming. I know one of the things, which I've been seeing a lot, and I just haven't... uh, other than headlines, 
not had uh, the time to research, unfortunately. Uh, you mentioned last week the 4K cinema. That's one thing that's coming, a new technology. And uh, there were references to reaching out, doing conferencing with uh, places around the world. So this is your chance. Tell us exactly how how technologically cutting-edge CineQuest really is going to be this year. CineQuest is really the place that fuses creativity and innovation. That That is what makes us stand apart and has for years. At the CineQuest Film Festival, you discover the artists, you discover the great movies from around the world, but you also find these great technologies that empower the audience as well as the artist. At film festivals in the past, you would have found the first QuickTime, the first digital film cameras, and people laughed at them, that revolutionized filmmaking and access. People everywhere. Digital distribution, we were the first to do it. Feature-length films on the Internet, first digital servers, all digital cinema. And this year, in that tradition, we're bringing 4K cinema, which is the latest and greatest, the best and finest quality in filmmaking, as well as the audience experience. And it's very exciting. So at the festival and our Artists and Innovator Forums, you can learn how to utilize 4K film making techniques. You can learn about the restoration processes that have restored, and you will be able to see these digitally restored masterpieces, Maverick masterpieces, Taxi Driver, Dr. Strangelove, Lawrence of Arabia. It's unbelievable. We'll be wow. here. We'll be here, yes. And those are going to be those So are the truth is, Sinise, I mean, that's amazing. Wow. Okay, you know, because so tell me, like, for example, I just plopped down, because Amazon, I couldn't resist, getting the Blu-ray... Total remastered Lawrence of Arabia. So are you going to tell me that you're going to blow my mind and having just <laughs> spent 20-something bucks on my Lawrence of Arabia, I'm going to be bitter because now I have to go, you know, well, I want to see it on a big screen with a bunch of people because we're the people that, you know, obviously we love that experience of sitting in the dark with a crowd right. experiencing it. So what is the 4K going to offer that my high-def Blu-ray, everything uh, is not. Well, first, it's half the price. It's only $10 at CineQuest. Okay, sold. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you'll see every grain of sand. In a film like Taxi Driver, I mean, that experience as a filmmaker, that's what brought me into film, was uh, seeing Taxi Driver, De Niro Scorsese as a kid. I was, oh, my God, this is amazing. And now to see that movie pop before your eyes and the energy and the power and the dynamic of that filmmaking come truly alive again, what an experience. And with that screening, with Taxi Driver, we'll also have some of the, the geniuses with the, with the 4K up. We'll be giving them our Maverick Spirit Award, the top guys at Sony. So really, really exciting. Well, yeah, yeah. so I guess what, what, what's, what's not quite getting through is wh I hear 4K, mm -hmm. but what is it that makes it so much better? What, what, what is pushing that? An immersive experience. I think that's what really brings you into the cinema for the first uh, time and gives you something very special there. Two things, social because you're with people, as you mentioned. So you can share ideas and thoughts and feelings before the screening and afterwards. And then the experience itself. Is it heightened? Is it more immersive? Do you see and feel more? In the end, you have to feel more. It's just a technology. It's a gimmick. So we feel that in 4K, you're going to see what Scorsese really wanted you to see in detail. You're going to feel De Niro's performance in greater ways. You're going to see the, the sand and the power of David Lean's majestic cinematography in Lawrence of Arabia. And Dr. Strange, you see Kubrick at his best, and Peter Sellers' performances will connect with you. If they don't connect with you better in 4K, well, you might as well watch it in 0K or <laughs> 0.5K. It's, it's all in the end about the connection of the audience and the character. Uh, so, and the, and the director, all of their visual panache is to bring you into that. 
So we feel that in 4K you're going to get more of that experience. And three perfect films because they're disparate i mean as far as style you've got the epic sweep of lawrence of arabia and if listeners to this podcast have not seen these films well show up at cinequest please uh <laughs> because you should and then there's something very different about dr strangelove and the black you know the black and white and and feel, feeling that and then and then the grittiness of, of taxi driver such great different examples would be uh, now i'm really fascinated to come and see that and the the resolution of it and the big screen that's that's the reason for seeing it is you can't see that at home on your on your smaller television you have to be in a theater experience yes. which is a, a reason to go and leave your leave your home Derek and leave my Indeed. home leave what home. no my home is safe and warm yeah. i have blankets there uh, <laughs> so well and and also i mean one of the things with dr strange love specifically is that uh, the original negative was lost and destroyed so they actually had to recreate this Entire I didn't know film that. in the four, using the 4K technologies to recreate this and make it as if it was brand new film, and so you're gonna be seeing it for the first time. It's never been seen this way since it probably first came out. Wow! I mean, and, and, and clearer and mm-hmm. brighter and everything mm-hmm. else. So, no, that's true. Okay, and so which of the theater, which of the screens are going to be fitted with that? The California, right? Is going to be 4K? the camera. It'll be the camera 12. Oh, the camera 12 is going yes. to be fitted with 4K. Okay. All right. And the uh, the camera the California theater will be rigged with barcode uh, technologies and projection, same level of technology, and amazing projection. Now, are those yeah. permanent upgrades or just for the festival? Uh, those are permanent upgrades for the film festival. Sure. Yes, and okay. the well, the camera twelve are permanent upgrades. A period that, that's okay. ongoing. Yes. Which will Excellent. then make the camera twelve the place to to uh, come see Cinema. exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and Sony would like, uh, and in our in our partners would like to see Cinequest become the place for four K cinema a place where to discover the new filmmakers are utilizing and not just studio filmmakers and restored but the the new and the merging also i mean that's that's key and crucial Oh, and absolutely, yeah. and this, this has always long been a festival that has been dedicated to, say long been, that's such a cliche, from the beginning, a festival that has been dedicated to helping the new and the emerging, and you obviously have a lot of outreach to students and a lot of educational classes going on, a lot of workshops, so people should check this out at cinequest.org. The main reason that we got drawn in here ourselves is, uh, of course, you have a the Maverick Award going to uh, an icon of uh, of geekery, right. uh, <laughs> a man whose face will will live on uh, next to the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. Uh, Harrison Ford is going to be here uh, on Sunday, March fourth, third. Right, third, 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 Sunday, March third. Okay, um, so. Uh, Talk about what the Maverick Award is, why Harrison Ford uh, may have been selected. In the Maverick, we chose that as the central theme of the Cinequest Film Festival Day 1 because it sums up the best of the world of Silicon Valley as well as film and, and entertainment and creativity. It's bold. It's original. It's somebody that steps outside of the crowd to do something they really care about, and they don't follow a formula or, or a plan. And so you know, Harrison Ford certainly... It speaks to that tradition. You know, we've given the award to people like J.J. Abrams before and Sir Ben Kingsley and William H. Macy. And so Harrison Ford is iconic performances in, in Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And then just as the breadth of his career since then, it's so hard to continue as an actor when you've done an iconic performance. I mean, I only can think of Bogart and Harrison Ford that have done it. Usually you're trapped into that persona for the rest of your career and they don't cast you. 
But Harrison Ford has done films like Witness since then and many, many others. So it's really a phenomenal career. Well, you know, and, and I've talked to a couple of, uh, of, of comic book store owners locally because, you know, I'm trying to get them very excited that this is happening. And one thing that was brought up to me Friday night is it's not just one iconic role. It's two iconic roles, and no one has dared play either because I might argue with you, Sean Connery broke out. That's true. But Sean Connery has also been replaced five times as James Bond. (laughs) And no one has replaced Harrison Ford as Han Solo. No one has replaced him as Indiana Jones. And unlikely too. I mean, even, you know, with J- you mentioned J.J. Abrams now getting to direct Star Wars. So there's like, okay, if it's if Han Solo's in the new Star Wars movie, it better be Harrison Ford. People still want to see 70-year-old <clears throat> Han Solo, you know? Absolutely. And they don't yeah. want to see somebody else playing it. And so it is interesting. He, you're, you're absolutely right. Not only did he does he have this, because Witness, one of my favorite movies, you know, a just great film. And, and he has an artistic sense, and yet a very workmanlike. You know, if you read interviews with him, oh, yeah. it's like it's a job like anything else. And you know, <laughs> it's like just like carpentry. But there is this artistic breath, and yet still, boom! There's this guy who's on. You know, my son knows him, and is excited. You know, my eight year old is as excited about Harrison Ford as I was That's when awesome. when I was twelve. Yeah, you know, really. So is. I mean, it's amazing that that guy has that. You're right. So it's it, for us. This is. Uh, for the geeks at the table. That's an amazing thing. That is and amazing. And your programming this year also, I mean, you've got three films in particular that I want to that I want to spotlight even though I don't know too much about two of them. Uh, <laughs> so I'll try to give you a little bit on the uh, other two. Okay, yeah. Um, that uh, on March 1st and and Mar- uh, March 2nd and I think March 4th, a, a film that's uh, has actually become near and dear <clears throat> to my heart. I actually just saw Saturday night and confirmed I am in for three seconds. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the director froze the TV and let me actually take a picture of myself. Uh, so oh, that's great. Uh, which is Sparks, which, uh, which is a gra- which was based on a graphic novel from about four years ago, uh, produced by William Cat um, and uh, superhero noir was. And after I watched it, I kind of felt like uh, the best I could describe was Sin City meets Smallville. And, I can see that. Uh, I can see that. <laughs> and so um, it's kind of an interesting, interesting choice. I mean, you've you've uh, you've had, I think, you've branched out into horror and genre films before, but this year with you have three things that tie. In, and there's also a, a short film, I guess, called The Devil's Handshake, which is well, it's actually uh, based on Devil's Handshake. Based on Devil's <clears throat> Handshake, which is a from Arkea. I want to, for our listeners, know kind of an obscure Arkea. Uh, it was the yeah. publisher, uh, written by Larry Hama, who was the guy that geeks know as he created G.I. Joe, basically. Everything that people love about G.I. Joe, and not the movie G.I. Joe, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> was uh, done by Larry Hama. So that's that's an amazing thing. And so let's talk about uh, about that, and then I'll talk about the other one that I don't know anything about, but I loved the look. <laughs> so. Okay, we'll talk about Sparks is what we're talking okay, about. Okay, okay, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Since you're on. in it for three seconds. I, you know, no, actually, I mean... And it's the best the re- three seconds of all CineQuest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's the, awesome. The, the, re- the reason we chose Sparks, too, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just your typical, as you said, uh, action superhero movie or, or a comic book movie it, it it has a noir style and that's what i like so much about it. it has this unique look that you don't see in any other film like that and that's what really draw, draw me, drew me to it and also you know you have these classic characters that are essentially given another shape to their arcs and i really liked how that progressed in the film and that's something that really just drew me to it i mean we've seen other films uh that have been submitted in the past that are based on various comics and stuff like that but this is the first one that really featured that stood out to me as something that was really kind of special and different and 
once they started telling me all the elements they're putting together, sent me a new copy of it after they I saw mm-hmm. the, I saw a really rough rough cut and so on. So I kind of saw part of it all the way through the process, like after mm-hmm. they got through it because it wasn't picture picture locked when I first saw it all that. And we sort of just went through that process with Chris, the director, and he sent me. I think two other DVDs to get me, to get to get me see how they're progressing. Oh yeah, and and I want to say, and Chris is 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 a true maverick on this. I mean, he has put everything of himself on yeah. the line. This is financed by himself. Yeah. This is uh, you know he is the the writer director who is you know it's his passion up there. It's it's definitely personal, and like I say, he's answering at this point. To no one, it's his money, you know, uh, yeah. hoping for distribution. But but it's definitely this is a guy, you know, putting his vision solely up there and risking everything. Yeah, so. and and that's what's amazing is that um, you know, <laughs> we we know there's a lot of people coming with the film, so we're really you know excited about that too. I mean, there's on the March first premiere, it's going to be a really exciting screening with the whole cast. Yeah. Uh, and and you'll be there, of course. So another person from the cast will be there now. An editor of the graphic novel. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. No. That's uh, yeah. That's true. You know. That uh, I'll be sitting back there. Yep. Yep. And so that's it's going to be really phenomenal. And I, I've seen the trailer they cut, which is for Cinequest, and it's just they're playing around the Bay Area right now. It's 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 a lot of fun, and that's what's really good. It's like people are going to come and have a lot of fun in this movie, and that's important because we, you know, part of the uh, what we do, we try to make sure that you know we show artistic films, but we also want to entertain people because that's what films are supposed to do, right? Yeah. And so that's really what I like about this too is it's a very entertaining movie as well as very artistically done. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about The Devil's Handshake. Actually, it's called No Rest no. for the Wicked. Oh, it's see, that's ba- why I couldn't find it. Okay. It's based on The Devil's Handshake. Okay. And it's actually uh, directed by uh, Ryan Schifrin, which is actually Lalo Schifrin's son. Oh. And we actually uh, paid tribute to Lalo Schifrin a few years ago uh, for his uh, compositions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we gave him a Maverick Spirit Award. So actually, we're showing a short film by his son now, which I found out after we invited it. No, <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and it actually has a, a Zachary Levy from chuck in mm-hmm. it and uh it's just this uh quirky little uh action action movie um it's about like 10 minutes long yeah okay and um but uh yeah it's based on i've never read the comic book um so i'm not really i can't find it i okay. have been looking i mean it's about six or yeah. seven years old and archaea was yeah. not a major publisher at that time so i have put my feelers out and tried to get a, get a hold of a copy and nothing so far but ebay <laughs> oh, eBay. It's always my last resort. I just want, I like the hunt. Okay. <laughs> you know, I like going to nice. a shop and, you know, finding so. Trying to find it. But um, one of the other films that uh, we're showing, The Example, is actually uh, written by a uh, Tom Taylor who uh, wrote a graphic novel that the short is based on, too. Oh, okay. It's, it's called The Example. I found out about this recently. So Tom Taylor is, uh, that name is familiar. Like, I think something just came off my. Facebook this morning. The short, the short is based on one of his graphic novel stories. Um, okay. And I was reading about it and like took out the synopsis here and it's kind of like saying, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that now. And I guess it, I guess it was a play, then a graphic novel, and now a movie. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So we can say uh, three graphic novels, uh, three graphic novel adaptations or inspirations yeah. in here. Um, have you ever had a, a, that many? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. But, you know, a lot of times with uh, short films, we don't necessarily know all the backgrounds mm-hmm. um it's just this year they were able to a lot of people were t- told us about it so in, okay in, in their well, submissions and so on 
Yeah. Okay. So you know, I mean, that's becoming a, a very fertile source. It has been for a long time in mainstream Hollywood. Yeah. But here on the on the Maverick side, that's what I love seeing is, again, someone like uh, Ryan Schifrin being inspired by this little graphic novel to be able to make a film. Chris to be able to take his own graphic novel and turn into a film, and just to you know to see that pushed um, is it doesn't have to be. The Man of Steel and Break My Heart Again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, oh, come on. The trailer's good. <laughs> we got our issues. Okay, well, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's okay. I just decided to set my sights low so that I, I cannot be disappointed. So, oh, um, you're underestimating yourself. Oh, I was, was no. going to say, really? You can't <laughs> be disappointed? Uh, okay. Um, I just wanted it to be good. Um, and uh, and the, the one that caught my interest, that it may not be graphic novel inspired, but definitely felt like from the launch – Last week, seeing uh, Dr. Fang felt looks a lot like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari came to my mind immediately. It is. It is. It's, and um, I, I mean, you just that image went went on the screen last week and I said, OK, this is one I've got to make time to to see. I've got to see this movie. Yeah, it's 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 a 17 minutes uh, fantasy based film uh, about uh, what um, the repercussions of talking to a, a, a therapist are. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Paid for by the Church of Scientology. Uh, is that in the movie, or is that the guy who wrote the script? I, I, I think <laughs> could, could be both. Amazingly, you know, because Chris Garcia, uh, who is a frequent guest on our program or a frequent contributor, I don't want to call him guest. He is a member of the podcast crew. Indeed, uh, is, is definitely in your shorts, and he's always in the shorts. And I and I am not normally someone who gets attracted to them, and yet you've got this shorts program. That you've just listed three. That it's like, okay, I really want to go. I, you know, I've got to sit sit in and, and see those. So, can I tell you about a, a new shirt we've added? You and may. a special guest uh, that we're going to announce uh, tomorrow or today. And the there's a short called Romance that's based on a Chuck Palahniuk uh, story. Oh, the wow, novelist okay. of you know, Fight Club and Lullaby and Demon. And he'll be at Cinequest to receive our Maverick Spirit Award. Chuck Palahniuk will be. Yes, Palahniuk with this film. On a writer celebration. So this is day, breaking yeah. news. It is breaking. That news. is We're amazing. Really exciting. About that is that. great. Yeah. I, I, I'm Chuck, yeah. I, I know a lot of people right now who are just. That's it. So that's great. So how do you get Chuck Palahniuk? That's that's two. Well, you mentioned Chris <laughs> Garcia, our you know your your favorite guest <laughs> and our shorts programmer. <laughs> He well, said it was a great he's movie. He's never going to let me live that down that you said he was my favorite guest. <laughs> oh, God, why? I just upgraded him. <laughs> I upgraded his status, I guess. Why? <laughs> okay. You heard it here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks. Okay, well, Hotton said it. Yeah. Um, okay, so he just liked the movie. He liked the movie. He said, are you interested in, in honoring Chuck Palahniuk with the Maverick for the Writers? So I said, absolutely. And so we contacted the director and, uh, and, and Mr. Palahniuk and... Yeah, the rest wow. is history. It's very, very exciting for us because we love, you know, his his work, and he's mm. certainly somebody that's really, really super innovative and pushes buttons and boundaries. And oh, yeah. is that the yeah. second film made from a work of his, or is that no? There's been a couple. How many, how many well, there's been Fight Club, and there was one with well, uh, Choke got made. Didn't choke, it? choke, yeah, Choke got made. And there's yeah. one that's been in development for a number of years, and I can't remember that that, that which one that is. If it's Lullaby or a different film, but he's had one that. Uh, okay. For a major film that's in development that'll come out eventually here, because so. they are ripe. You know, I mean, it's very rich, great ideas, and oh, yeah. wonderful, disturbing for the mainstream a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. that, but but that's okay. Look, the mainstream deserves to be it needs no disturbed. Idea what you're talking about. You, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, because we're not in the mainstream. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I, I sense you're one of our people. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then on the closing, I, I believe uh, I think it's the closing night is Midnight's Children mm-hmm. with Salman Rushdie. 
So there are a lot of people that still, I, when I've mentioned that, oh, Cinequest is going to have that, the first thing that comes up is he's going to make a public appearance, which I thought that got lifted, isn't it? It uh, is lifted. Is he, yeah. he is yeah. safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to clarify that urban, I guess it's not an urban legend because it did actually happen, but he is now. Yeah, the, it's, 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 that's done. And, yes. Yeah. No one is trying to kill him that we know of. Um, so, uh, but that's. But still, a very innovative writer mm-hmm. uh, and very much dedicated to creativity and imagination. And that's got to be feeling really good that you're going to have this um, amazing man. What an amazing life and amazing thinker to close this out. Absolutely. I mean, we love, we love filmmaking. And we, but, you know, there's nothing better than a great writer. And, Mike, do you mind sharing the premise of the movie, which is – and the director, too, is great. You know, yeah. Deepak Deep, Mehta. Deep, Deepa Mehta uh, is the director. She's a uh, Canadian-born uh, – or not Canadian-born, but uh, Indian-born uh, but lives in Canada, and she's uh, one of their top directors. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the perfect combination of the two of them working together because his book, um, Midnight's Children, from 1970, is takes place in India. And uh, it's about uh, all of these children uh, who were born on the – final day of the revolution Indian revolution uh, and uh, how during the course between midnight and 1am any, any children born between midnight and 1am on that day uh, discovers they have telepathic, telepathic powers and they're all connected to each other so it's become, it becomes this allegory at the same time very metaphorical mm-hmm. allegory and um, they uh, fantasy CGI all kinds of stuff it's like it's this really big epic film also mm-hmm and that's what I think people don't understand about his work because the real world uh, overshadowed him. You know, when, when mm-hmm. he first became, you know, when the Satanic Verses were, were published, I don't think many people had truly heard of him except mm-hmm. for, you know, the, the literary hardcore people. But, uh, you know, th- to realize that the real world overshadowed, and then what a fantastic writer he is mm-hmm. as far as just yeah. he, he's a writer of fantasy. He, he loves is, fantasy. He's a fantasy writer. Yeah. And, and he, he does it very, very well. I mean, uh, Midnight's Children won the Booker Prize, and it's one of the only uh, novels in the history that actually got the best of the Booker Prize, too. And it was voted that. <clears throat> and uh, it was like 40 years of the award, and he was one of the first to have that. Okay, and we, and so that's closing the festival, and the date of that is? March 9th. March 9th, okay. So, uh, so many, you know, people just, just buy the whole pass. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's much simpler. Like, I don't like know if I have time for this, but uh, okay, I, I got to see this. And, he, and the more you talk, the more I'm thinking, I got to make time for this. I got to make time for that. And so it is. And so let's talk about, about that. This, all, there's a lot of different levels of membership of pass drives. What, what do we have here? So there's a. The individual tickets for every event or screening, and then there's also different passes that get you different accesses. We have a film lover's pass for any regular screening. It gets you into any time, any place, our regular film screenings. There's a Maverick-level pass, which includes the special events like Harrison Ford and opening night and closing night with the parties. And we, and we should say that is, of course, um, subject to is there room. Like that you is can't, correct. You can't. Just show up and say, well, you know, but the place is crowded. You know, the place is full. It's yep. not guaranteed admission. It's show up and you, if, if there's room you're in. Yes, yeah, so that one I would highly recommend getting a ticket in advance or getting the pass. Yeah. Sometimes there'll be a couple of no-shows with those, with those sold-out events. But eventually uh, it'll sell out. And then we have also an all-access level pass that also includes special amenities in our, our VIP lounge and special special gifts. And that's a lot of fun too. But it's really. Do you, do you mind? Wait, you mentioned fun movies, but mind, Mike, do you mind telling about the Chinese action film? Oh, like what? There's that too? Come on! Why are you holding out? <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 
Yeah, I can't it, talk you, about everything you, so easily. You can't. Geek Recovery, you know. Okay. We have a website and a program guide. So. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, an, an accurate memoir is a uh, Wild West Chinese action movie, um, essentially, uh, which East, East meets West in the Old West. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, sort of like a humorous... Uh, take on this story about this uh, rebel group who's fighting against the Japanese uh, uh, involvement in trying to uh, occupy the country. And uh, so it's a period piece. And it's a big budget, of course, uh, sweeping epic with lots of costumes and sets and all that stuff. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. And it's like we're showing the North American premiere of it. Um, It is something where the director is going to be here for the February 27th which uh, and the director's name is? I'm drawing a blank on the name right okay, now. Okay, uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on that. So yeah, I'm drawing a blank on the name um, right now. Um, I could look it up. Forget course, I said it. It's all right. Someone else can. <laughs> I'm going to forget you said that. Okay, well, um, you know, but but thank you for call- making a good call on that. That's the, one of the things is, yes, you do have a guide. And sometimes, though, it's nice to have you talk about it because a title like that, Inaccurate Memoir, I would think, oh, this is uh, a lost Swedish film. Right. I may not go see yeah. that because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm going to gl- gloss over that title, and you know. But now that movie sounds like that. I'm going to call it a kick-ass memoir now. A kick-ass. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's not your yeah. call to make, right? You know. Yeah. No, I just should. I just called it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Subtitle. Well, I told them to say that you know American audiences need something a little more blunt. Uh, <laughs> so okay. But just with with respect to the ticket buying process, your Cinequest.org. Right, yeah. and work, yes. you can buy all your tickets online. <laughs> I've actually been to the. I've bought tickets for a number of these things already. No oh, good, good. And um, the site was amazingly easy to navigate and very easy to, uh, to purchase t- tickets. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a new site, and I'll pass it on. That's really really cool. Yeah, Thank very you. clear. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so we're very excited for the event. In uh, now, so we're less than three weeks away. My gosh! Um, so uh, you guys must be just going. I crazy. thought it was four weeks. Four weeks? <laughs> oh. I don't know. It's the February fifth, and you're open. That's about less the... week. Oh boy. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. You know they look so calm, and now it's gone. <laughs> it's like, I know. Uh, I, I always ruin stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, I've been there. Uh, so we're really looking forward to it, and we'll definitely uh, be there on on, on March first. You know, uh, definitely for, for for Sparks. We'll be there for Harrison. Forward. Awesome. We'll be there for everything. I, you know, thank you guys for sitting down with us. So no, no blank. Thank you. You can bring your blanket to the theater if you really want to. Okay. Can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring your blanket. It's, it's outing flannel, just like Linus. <laughs> no okay. bathrobe. That's hilarious. No bathrobe. No, bathrobe. no I can't do that. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, not even the Kirk one. No. No. no? Okay. So bring your snuggie. There oh. You go. <laughs> yeah. Those are tacky. But uh, Nick Nolte <laughs> did wear a bathrobe to the premiere of his latest film. It was the worst dressed man on GQ recently. It was quite, it's a very funny picture. He actually. Did he off. know he, he was can. going to uh, <laughs> a, 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 a <laughs> premiere? He really did have a gold bathrobe uh, on and a and a beret kind of cap or scotch cap for a premiere of his Gary movie. Gary Busey? No, no, Nick Nolte. Oh, Nick Nolte. Believe it or not. Believe it or not it's very, Which, again, by the way, a little really the Sparks thing, we should mention that Chris Foligno, as a maverick, is, the, is one of the few men who has directed both Gary and Jake Busey. What did he direct Gary in? Uh, Gary did. <laughs> Gary did promo work for Saints Row, the THQ video game that was oh, like okay, okay. And uh, so he said, you know, it's like that's his time with Gary, and then he brought Jake in for Sparks, and that's, that's oh, wow. well, Jake will be here. He's got yeah, yeah. He's got good father son <coughs> stories, and that's uh, cool. Brave. What was his TV show? Shasta McNasty. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that. I, you know, uh, I just did. I opened it I, up. No, no, no. It's okay. I know. It's just we can edit this. We've learned. I've learned to certain <clears throat> certain celebrities don't bring up certain stories. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. So 
I don't know. He maybe he's proud of that one. Uh, so uh, that's good. He got a paycheck. He, he did absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, well, they have. You'll have uh, Jake Busey. You'll have Clancy Brown. You'll have yeah. uh, Star Chase Williamson, and uh, and Bill Cat. So, yeah, and when, and when oh. I mentioned Clancy Brown in our meeting the other day, the interns like the fact that he's the uh, voice of Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Everybody so. loves that, <laughs> and, and Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor yeah, he's in, Lex Luthor in, in the, the yeah. animated series, and the Kurgan, which is what everybody's just like. You know, yeah, yeah. he's going to come and uh, behead someone. So, uh, but Shawshank Redemption holds a special place in my heart. Oh, three, so, yeah, all right, so. yeah, so. Cool. Well, thank you guys for sitting down with us this morning. Thank and you. We really yeah. appreciate your time. It's been fun. Okay, great. Thank Thanks. you. <clears throat> that was great. It was. I mean, the it, the great thing was like when I first heard uh, a couple months ago, Chris Polino reached out to me and said, "Hey, the Sparks is going to open at this place called Cinequest. Is that anywhere near you?" I mean, literally, that was the conversation. I'm like, "You're kidding me! This thing that's three blocks away from where I work." Um, and I thought, well, okay, I'll make time to see Sparks. But when I went to the launch last week, then I saw a couple other things and went, okay, i got to make time to see that. Yeah. And now I'm like going, well, you wouldn't have told me a week ago that I'd, I, I would have noted other than, hey, you should go see Taxi Driver. But now I want to go see Taxi Actually, I really want to see Dr. Strangelove. And I want to see Lawrence of Arabia. I saw Lawrence of Arabia remastered in, a, in Century 21 years and years ago. And it was a mind-blowing experience. So to see it in 4K, which... Is I, I mean I get it I'm trying to you know grasp yeah. that's going to be amazing so there's old, I hope they have the intermission there's yeah. oh god they've got to because you got to pee um, there's the old films and again seriously those three are fantastic choices for that there's old films there's short films there's experimental a couple that uh, Mike just came back in with a catalog showed me some things that I missed yeah um, and, and 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 believe me. Look through the website because there are titles like that. Um, in, in, inconvenient, uh, not inconvenient. Um, the uh, inconsequent memoir, the, the Hong Kong, the action film that doesn't seem like the title goes right, with it. Right. Um, there are a lot of movies like that because the titles are in another language. So look and see. You really need to but check the one this. title that's pretty obvious. It's what pretty it's obvious. About. Like, why did we not mention this? Year of the Living Dead, a documentary about the making of the greatest film of all time. The one that probably has the most influence upon my life, which of course was uh, uh, Finding Nemo. But uh, no, it, it's a uh, Night of the Living Dead. Traumatized me when I saw it at 11 years old on Creature Features. Made you the man you Trey are. Trey Nichols and Mark Maggi, Slumber Party, watching it on Creature Features, Bob Wilkins. And I'm not kidding, six months of nightmares. Six months of recurring nightmares. So, nice. um, most terrifying film uh, of, my, of my life. Um, but now I'm fascinated by all the subculture around it, and it is the story of that film and the argument over who owns it and who has what and why it was done and what was is a story in itself, and somebody's got it there, and it's in a documentary at Cinequest. I look at a couple other things that I think people are going to find really cool. Um, the Sapphires, which is uh, a movie I've been hearing about for a long time. It's not necessarily your mainstream Fanboy Planet thing, but I've been hearing some great, great things about this for like a year. Uh, which is uh, about a girl group, a true story of a girl group made up of Australian Aboriginals, um, and it is, and they put together the which which in Australia is is part is part of the class system that, mm-hmm. that they're not terribly proud of, right? But the integration but, of them is but they then become uh, this girl group, like the model of Motown, 
uh, put together by uh, by a character played by Chris O'Dowd, who's from the IT crowd and from uh, Bridesmaids. Very, most, very most people guy. know him. So really funny guy. Uh, a little more dramatic role, but fantastic. There's a section of student shorts. There's an animation section uh, of shorts, and so you really have to check this out. And there was a couple other things that uh, he pointed out. Now I can find it. Oh, in an accurate memoir. That was one we were talking about. Um, the example is being shown on uh, February 28th, Shorts 1, The Battles We Fought, under that subtitle. Uh, so, uh, oh, a, a horror film buddy, buddy film, film called Mon Ami. Again, I would not have called that, uh, but then who would have called Mama either? Um, Loveless Zaritza, about a woman who's everyone who falls in love with her ends up dead. Um, and I know her. Like, and then next to the left, uh, yeah, uh, just a title, Lead Us Not Into Temptation. Okay, and the short there. Um, and of course, Sparks. Uh, there's just so much, and suddenly I'm feeling like, oh, wow. Okay, and then I see Friday, March 8th. I'm oh like, look at this, and I'm going to sign the cinema. You're going to see a Buster Keaton film I've never seen called Cops. Safety Last, and it's complete. Uh, and that must That's be. the one with uh, hanging off uh, the hanging clock. Hanging off the clock, and it's going to be a California. Dang it, yes. Okay. Um, not going to sleep? No, March. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep. And all this in 4K, uh, we are totally there. So. All right. Uh, wow. Okay. So, hey, thanks for listening this week, folks. And, again, you know, you can check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on the Stitcher app. You like us, drop a couple bucks on PayPal. Just be nice. Or buy something on Amazon. Buy something, a book related. You can buy Sparks, the graphic novel, which will be coming out March 1st, uh, exclusively through Amazon. So you can you can download it or, or buy the hard copy. And uh, until... Uh, our Thursday recording when Nate calls me something else. I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.